everyone. This is Dr. Cheryl Selman, and welcome to What Women Must Know. Thank you for joining me once again, and we have a fantastic conversation happening today because we are in Breast Health Awareness Month. I call it Breast Health Awareness Month. So October has always been the month for Breast Health Awareness Month. And we're going to do a series of great conversations this month to support women on their journey to support breast health, to heal breast health issues, and to just get more knowledgeable and empowered about the story regarding our breast health uh, in all sorts of ways. So first of all, if you are listening for the first time, thank you for joining me. And I invite you to go to my Facebook page, What Women Must Know, or to go to my website, which is Dr. Cheryl Selman, Dr. CherylSelman.com, if you'd like to get the archives for all of my programs on What Women Must Know. And the podcast I do as well on Progressive Radio Network called The Love Code, which is every Saturday at 11 a.m. So all of these programs can go right to your inbox if you opt into my website or just like me over at my Facebook page, What Women Must Know. Okay, so when I think about breast health and the awareness that we as women need to have, it really is a, uh, it's becoming a a more and more challenging area um, because there's so many facets about what is required to support breast health. And that is overall breast health, or if you're recovering from a diagnosis of breast cancer, or, you know, the many other issues that can occur for us regarding um, particularly how our breasts are doing. And uh, I thought it would be really valuable for us to begin this conversation this month with an understanding of the area of breast screening. You know, uh, women women are given opportunities to get their mammograms, and then they are offered ultrasounds, and then there's MRIs, and then there's my favorite, which is, which is thermography. So, and there's more, as I'm learning. So, this show is dedicated to really unraveling the uh, terrain of breast screening and to understand what all of these options are, what they mean, what do we need to know, and the best person to help us navigate this world is my good friend, Dr. Hillary Smith, because she is an expert in the uh, use of thermography for breast screening, which is just an expert on so many fronts. So let me just share a little bit about her. Dr. Hillary Smith is a chiropractor with a special interest in functional nutrition, homeopathy, and wellness. She received certification in one of the first health coaching lifestyle programs in the year 2000 and received a doctorate in homeopathy in 1990. And in 2006, she incorporated thermal imaging into her practice while researching options for her own health. She now specializes in thermography as the cornerstone of her wellness practice. So um, it's been a while since I've interviewed Dr. Hillary Smith, and I'm so happy to have her back on the show. So, Dr. Hillary, hello, and welcome to What Women Must Know. Thank you. Always a pleasure to be with you. 
And uh, when we talk about what women must know, you are really so knowledgeable in this conversation we're having today. I mean, you specialized in thermography, which has a wider application than just stress screening. But in this conversation, we're going to be uh, unraveling all of these options and looking at what women need to know and educating women on the uh, variety of breast screening experiences out there and particularly why they want to know more about thermography. So, um, so Hillary, to, to begin with, let's just talk a little bit about you and introduce you and what was your journey that brought you to this passion that you have on breast thermography. I know you're one of the most uh, top, in the sense of well-trained uh, practitioners who are using uh, breast uh, and far infrared thermography, and particularly working with women. Um, what was the journey that you went on to arrive at this place and to have discovered this thermography and have become so passionate about it? Well, I was in natural medicine, actually graduated from chiropractic college in 1984. So I had already been practicing for 20-something years before I got into thermography. But my mother had a very tragic experience with breast cancer because she was going into dementia at the time that she found a large lump in her breast. And the anesthesia to remove her breast actually um, really exacerbated her dementia. So she lost her speech right after that surgery. I mean, it, it was so horrible. And, she, you know, for anybody, when you go through something traumatic, at least you want to talk it out or express yourself. But she also lost that ability. So that really impacted me. I was really at the beginning of my career. And I bought into the, the the common knowledge that if your mother had it, you're in trouble, right? You're going to get it. But I, I mean, that knowledge isn't really the right word because it's just a, it's a belief and it's what the media would have us believe, especially during this month with the pink ribbon. So I was very afraid for myself. So I started to have mammograms at about age 35. And, you know, everybody has a few harrowing experiences with that. But then as I started to study homeopathy and I was learning about some remedies that you could use for people that develop breast cancer after trauma, and I was pretty young and my breasts were dense, which we can talk about later how that impacts mammography. Um, I started to think, I don't, this is just not feeling right for me at this time. And I started to look into other options and there just really wasn't anything around. There wasn't much thermography. Nobody was talking about it. There was nobody in, I'm in Los Angeles in my town that was doing it. And so that's really how I got into it, Cheryl, looking for an answer for myself. And I think that's how a lot of people get into many things. And then when I learned about thermography, I thought, if I want this, I, I cannot be the only one, and I should offer this. 
So that's how I got into it. And the more I learned about it, the more passionate I became about it. Not just because of the information that we can garner from thermography, but also from the peace of mind that it gives. Because women are very terrified of breast cancer and especially if you have a family history. I think it's it's a very heavy subconscious load that we carry. Have you found that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I I, I think it's uh, been very much programmed into us to be terrified. Yeah. And we think we're, you know, just the word C, right? The C word is terrifying right. for people, especially if we have never encountered anyone who has successfully navigated a diagnosis or we have never investigated holistic health and healing, yes, we are very vulnerable at that time, extremely vulnerable. You know, and, and that's why they, uh, you know, they the, the, the medical system has uh, really promoted breast screening and, um, you know, I'm here in Australia, and I get these notifications all the time that, you know, why don't I come in and get my free breast screening and, um, or free mammograms. It's not free. You ultimately pay for it in the end, but, you know, get right. mammograms. So it's like, you know, that, that is pushed. So, you know, we've had conversations in the past, and I've learned so much from you, Hillary, and I really want us to have this conversation today and navigate this world of breast screening, which is a distinction from diagnostic screening. So we should start from the very, very beginning, and let's define uh, breast screening, what that means, as opposed to screening that's diagnostic in nature. Because as we move through this month of October, I'm sure there'll be ads and, you know, newspaper stories and magazine stories and podcasts and you know, Instagrams, and everyone's going to be talking about this from all different angles, but I want us to have a really uh, wonderful and clarifying conversation that will safely educate women to make the best choices for themselves. So I think the place to start is that all the tests that we have traditionally done, mammogram, ultrasound, breast MRI, these are all tests of anatomy. So they're looking at the structure. They're looking at the lump. And I know that the radiologist can tell if something looks highly suspicious and only then the biopsy will um, determine if it is, yes, a malignancy or no, something else. So people really are waiting, women are waiting to have the screening and waiting until they actually have something to be biopsied or to follow that's structurally there. So that's your anatomy. So thermography isn't looking at anatomy. Thermography cannot see a lump or a cyst, things like that. Thermography is actually, it's very simple. It's um, an infrared camera that picks up the heat patterns that come off of the body and this is reflective of physiology or activity. So it's a different way of looking at the same breast in two different ways. And it's because it's physiology and it's because things 
begin to happen before they become a pathology. So, for example, the way that you might have your blood sugar tested before you get diagnosed with diabetes. You know, you're following your health and you're trying to go in there and intercede with lifestyle changes. So with thermography, that's what we're trying to do. Look at what's going on before it's hopefully, before it's physically there, so that we can get in there and make lifestyle changes, clean up our diet, balance our hormones, whatever the appropriate measures are, to hopefully ward off that next step where it changes enough so it becomes structural and can be seen on an anatomical test. So when we're talking about thermography, and this is where, uh, by the way, it's not really available in hospital settings, is it, in traditional medical clinics as such? No, it's not. Right. Unfortunately, unfortunately, I have to say. I think in some other countries, maybe in some other countries, but not in the United States. No, not in Australia at all. I mean, there may be Uh, some progressive integrative doctors that are doing in their office, but it's not a part of mainstream medicine. Yes, so generally you need to find someone like yourself who's dedicated to working with this um, tool, screening tool. So if if we're talking a bit about thermography right now, um, can you explain in thermography when you're looking at heat patterns, why would something show up as a heat pattern um, when you're looking at the breast? What is that really, what is that heat pattern saying? So a lot of people, they learn about thermography on the internet. And a lot of uh, websites or articles about thermography will talk about heat. And I think that that's very misleading because people see any heat, which is represented by red as a color, just that reflects that higher heat and the thermal range as cancer. But everyone has an individual thermal fingerprint, and that is why we look at change over time. So somebody could, on their initial breast thermography, have a very cool color, which would be blue, that's the color that represents a cooler temperature. It's arbitrary, right? It was just assigned. And then when they come back for a follow-up or an annual, maybe that becomes what we would consider a neutral color or green. But it's a change, and and it's increased heat. So it doesn't have to be red to be something that we are going to further investigate. Now, blood flow, which increases defeated tumor angiogenesis, will come up with more heat because blood is warmer and you see these vascular patterns. So in that case, um, that heat, that vascular pattern could mean that there is a tumor that's being fed. I just don't like people to come in and get a thermography and have someone that's not well-trained or everybody is an expert, you know, it's the first time they come in and they look at the picture and they start 
they start really getting hot because they're super flushed. Oh, look at that. No, it's nothing. You, you, it, it doesn't mean that you have cancer. Well, first of all, thermography is a screening. It's not detecting cancer. Um, it's looking at change over time at what needs to be followed up on. But just because there's red doesn't mean that it's a pathology. For me, when I first started having thermography on myself, when I started in 2006, I had a lot more heat in my breast because I was younger and I had dense breast tissue, maybe some fibrocystic activity. So it came up hotter, but it remained stable. Okay. So we're looking at a pattern that um, is read by a trained medical doctor. So I think that's the other point that is important to make. So this is a, a screening tool, and you are a facilitator of screening, and then you send those pictures that you take from your uh, camera, your Farnford camera, special camera, uh, off to people who've been trained, medical doctors who've been trained to uh, uh, really look at what's presented and make a, you know, an assessment, so to speak, of what they have found. And so in our practice, that. in our practice, that's what we do. We take the images, we take the history, we take the images, we send them to medical doctors that are all certified as thermologists, and then um, we receive the read back. They're not looking at colors; they're looking at pixels that are sensitive to one one-hundredth of a degree in every pixel because the camera we use has a very narrow range of eight degrees. But it's very important for buyer beware that it's not, that is not the case with every thermographer. Some people look at their own images. I don't know where they were trained. Anybody can call themselves a thermographer because unfortunately, because we're not a part of conventional or mainstream medicine, it isn't really regulated. So you have to know that you're working with licensed and qualified people. So yes, we we enjoy working with trained medical doctors who have been certified, but also who overread each other's films. They keep on learning. It isn't just like somebody in a lab by themselves looking at the pictures that they took. So that, that's a very important distinction when people are looking for a thermographer. Okay, so I will tell my listening audience why I uh, have chosen thermography as the um, breast screening technique of choice, so to speak, because um, as we, you know, have a candid conversation about what's happening for women, I think we need to really uh, look and investigate some of the concerns and issues with this um, widespread universal use of mammograms or, and then we can talk about ultrasound. I've never actually had a mammogram. I never had an ultrasound. I've only worked with thermography because I am always, number one, going for a technology that is safe and effective and also uh, look, looking at, like you said, those patterns over a period of time so we can be proactive at, if something does come back saying that the, there's something indicating there's, you know, that needs attention, you, you're proactive. So you can take the steps, change your diet, change your lifestyle, get supplementation, wh whatever needs to happen 
so you nip anything in the butt, and that's my philosophy of life. Right. I think a lot of people feel that way, Cheryl, and thermography is the only thing that's offered that is pre-disease, uh, right, that's proactive, that's preventative. So we want to have that in our arsenal of health. However, no test is perfect. Now that I've been in this world for almost 16 years, I have seen clients, patients that have had even MRIs, which is a very good test, but it does have contrast dye, and some people are sensitive to that, that didn't find something. Mammography misses many things, maybe 30% of all cancers in younger women because of their dense breast tissue. I've seen people with ultrasounds that didn't find something. So I always encourage people to use more than one tool. I like a test of physiology to look at where we could be going, and I like a test of anatomy to look at where we're at at the moment because there are things that are silent thermographically just as there are things that are not seen on an anatomical test. So many of the people that come for thermography, they decline mammograms. I'm a your body, your choice kind of a girl. Um, I never would tell anybody not to do something. I might educate them, but I would never, you know, I trust people's judgment for what they need to do for themselves. But we do have many people that will not do a mammogram. So for those people, and we're lucky because we have some availability for breast ultrasound in our town. I know because I'm in a big city, but it's hard to get. But ultrasound is non-toxic. It can see through the dense breast tissue, so it's good for younger women. There is no compression and there's no radiation. That's what I personally do for myself, thermography and ultrasound, and we have a lot of people that do it. And I, again, I don't, when we have non-toxic tools that are available to us, I like to see every tool in the toolkit used because nothing is perfect. Yeah. Well, yeah, thanks for saying that, and um, that's an important point. So we do the best we can, right? And uh, the, the reason, right? And there are, are people the, like you. I'm sorry to interrupt you. There are people like you that understand, that take responsibility for their health. That, um, and I'm that way in some things too. I make a decision based on what I see as the pros and cons. And if I make an error, I'm okay with that. I accept it. Some people they want to do everything, and, and that's what they need to do for their own peace of mind. But it is good to – here's the other thing, Cheryl. People do not want to be badgered when they go to the doctor. And so many people won't even go and have a breast exam, a clinical breast exam, because they don't want to have a mammogram. It's just like the system is broken because we're not in a partnership People are being dictated to, and if they decline something and they're willing to write off on it, no matter what the doctor thinks of their decision, okay, offer them something. Give them another choice. Maybe not what you consider the best choice, but something. Give them a breast exam. See if you can feel a lump. 
offer an ultrasound, it's, it's not okay to completely send someone away because they're not complying exactly with what you want them to do, in my opinion. Right. So uh, one of the areas where this thermography technology is really helpful is for women who have dense breasts because um, using a mammogram is really, um, you know, it, it's, it, it, can, it can compromise the results because the tissue is dense. You just can't get the x-ray through it. The other thing that has been of concern to me, and I've written about it in my book, Hormone Heresy, was the fact that um, because breast cancer is occurring in younger and younger women, you know, many years ago, maybe, maybe say 20 years ago, you would never see very many women under the age of 50 being diagnosed with breast cancer. Right. And now women in their 40s and their 30s are being diagnosed. And I've interviewed these young women who have been diagnosed with breast cancer. And the problem with young women, because they're still hormonally very active, right, they tend to have a more aggressive form and more difficult to treat. So, it, you know, it is of concern for these women. And um, because they're offering screening for women, younger women, which was never, ever the case, women every year could be going for their mammograms their mammograms, which is an accumulation of radiation. And that has always concerned me because radiation is carcinogenic, right? Right. So I mean, it's, it's a known carcinogen. Here's something that I it bewilders me a bit. Um, and I just, I look at it from a common sense perspective and I don't completely understand. So we have people that may go to a hospital to a breast center and they have a mammogram and they are told you have dense breasts and so the mammogram isn't very effective for you. So instead of coming every year, you should come every six months. True story, true story. It doesn't work for you very well, so we're gonna do it more. And then I will say to the person, go back to your doctor and ask them if you can have an ultrasound, which is better for dense tissue. And there is no radiation. There's no compression. To me, that just makes sense. Why would you have someone keep doing something that does have a downside if it's not that good? Okay, maybe once a year, but not twice a year because it didn't work the first time. Does that make sense to you? But it doesn't make any sense to do. I mean, it's like do more of what doesn't work that could be potentially even more dangerous. No, it doesn't make any sense. So right. let's talk a when little there, bit about When there are some other options, when there are some other yeah. options that could be helpful. Right. Right. So, and which leads us to ultrasound. So can you define what ultrasound is and how it's used in conjunction these days with mammograms and why... It's really difficult to just do ultrasound without first going through the Ultrasound the is a sound wave. I mean, people think of ultrasound like for pregnancy. It's just a, it's a different, I guess, frequency, but it's a sound wave, and it goes through the tissue, and it um, creates a picture. And so, again, it's very safe. The other thing is, it's not just what gets squished in the plate. So 
Um, when someone has an ultrasound, they can also do their underarm. You know, there are women that have breast tissue that goes into their axilla or their underarm. They have the lymphatics in their underarm. So when we send someone for a screening ultrasound, we always also include the underarm. Um, and But in a traditional setting, what they do is they do a mammogram, and if there's a shadow or something they can't see, they might just do a spot. Let's say they see something right up or outer breast, so they do that. So it is difficult to get the traditional breast centers to do both breasts and the underarm. I think it is because they believe that mammography is the gold standard, and also, I'm sure there are some liability issues if you veer away from the status quo. Um, and so it is difficult. It's, it either, it takes a lot of perseverance on the patient's part or a, an understanding doctor or we have the opportunity to work with some radiologists that aren't a part of a big group so it's a little easier to get the screening ultrasound. There is a company that I've seen in the U.S., I don't think you have it in Australia, that is marketing themselves like crazy, and they are going to hotels and different offices and offering breast screening. I actually, they asked me if they could come into my office, and I wanted to see what they were doing, so they did. They only do breast ultrasound. And then the person goes online and they get a report, which there's nobody to go back to. You know, there's nobody to talk to. You went to a hotel, you got an ultrasound, you got a report that isn't really detailed, but then you're told maybe you should go back to your doctor, which sometimes puts people in a more precarious situation than they were in in the first place. So it's too bad that it's not available to people where they can have it and work with their doctor. But I think it's very telling that this group is really growing and they're in many, many states because that shows you that women are looking for an alternative, that they would go to a hotel room and pay cash for something that they don't even have a doctor to talk to about. Right. So um, let's talk about uh, MRIs, MRIs. Um, can you define what that is? Why, why is that being offered? You know, what else do we need to know about that option? So MRIs are a really good test. Um, I think it is, from my understanding, really the most thorough. It is magnetic, so it is not radiation. And I think when when I first started to hear about breast MRIs, they weren't using contrast dye, but now they do, and it's the gadolinium. So there are people that have had instances with that crossing the blood-brain barrier. They've had some side effects. So there are women that they may do it once or twice if they have to, for a diagnosis, but they don't want to do it on a regular basis. And I'm, and this really isn't my field, so I'm not an expert in that. So I think people need to do their own research or discuss it with a radiologist. But I think that that is a downside for some people. So some of the radiologists that I work with who do ultrasound, 
if they find something highly suspicious, they will recommend that the woman have an MRI. But then when they go back to their primary care doctor, they, they have to have a mammogram first. Maybe it's to get the insurance to pay for the MRI. I don't really know. But, you know, at that point, these radiologists that are willing to speak say, what's the point? Because we already need to have an MRI. And then do they need the compression? Don't they want to go to that next best test? So that's something else that women have to navigate when they go to their doctor. Can they go straight to an MRI? So we have to educate ourselves and advocate for ourselves. The other thing is when that a lot of the people that come to our office that they were surprised when they had something abnormal on their mammogram and they went in to have a biopsy was that they did not know that they were going to have a titanium clip placed so that it would show up in future mammograms so that the radiologist would know where was that biopsy done. And some people, they don't want a clip or they get scar tissue or they're reactive. Or maybe just that they wanted to know up front that that was going to happen. And then many times um, the clients who have had that done tell me afterwards, they do a mammogram immediately afterwards so that they're sure that the clip is placed properly or that it's visible. I'm not exactly sure of the reason. But then there are people sometimes think, gee, I just had a needle stuck in me in a clip. I don't really know if I if I want that compression at this moment. But people get scared and they don't have options. So I do encourage people to talk to the radiologist or the breast center and find out exactly what's going to happen so they have no surprises when they go in. You know, I didn't know this about these clips. Do they do that on all biopsies uh, these days? I don't think so. So it's just for some for some doctors or some some circumstances they do that. For those clips. Yeah, I mean, I never heard of somebody having a liver biopsy and having a clip placed, but it's not my field, so, oh, so it's I don't. Oh, it's not for a biopsy. It's just, it's just they just put a clip in if they're if they see something suspicious. Is that it? No, if they biopsy it, when they put the needle in to biopsy it, they put in a clip, so that if yeah. there's a problem in the future, they can know exactly where the biopsy was. Right. But I have that, had people tell me that they have pain from it or they get scar tissue. I mean, it's probably a low percentage. But again, it's just something that you want to know going in. Like if you were going to go to the dentist and you were going to have maybe a dental implant, you would know that they're putting some metal in you or maybe you would talk about doing a different kind of an implant. You know, you'd have a conversation. It's not just like you're going in and you think you're just going to have some tissue extracted and more things happen than you were expecting, and you're already really scared and you're really vulnerable. Exactly. You know, the um, the the thing about mammograms, and I, I remember having a conversation with a friend who was a radiologist, and he that's what he did. You know, he would look at the x-rays that were taken, and he just said, 
You know, it's a really tough call to do that. Uh, there are a lot of false positives. So women get misdiagnosed. They're so upset, distressed, they go back and they find out it's all clear. But there's just, uh, it's, not a, it's not an exact science, <laughs> I guess I want to say. So, um, uh, you know, we need to understand that there are options that uh, give us a lot more information uh, and, and thermography is one of them. Now, the downside to thermography is that it's not covered generally by insurance, right? So it's an out-of-pocket expense for women or for people who are using it. And by the way, the technology just is not just like everything else that we do for our health is out-of-pocket. It's not expensive. It's a couple hundred dollars. You know, everybody is in a different area where costs are different, but I think thermography for the breast is probably between two and $300. That's one fancy copy a week that could has the potential to save your life. So, yeah. and I understand that there are some people that really do not have the money, that they're living on a shoestring, but the things that I see people spending money on in my town, the cars they drive, the clothes that they wear, and then they start complaining about that. Yeah, it doesn't fly with me. Yeah, you know, health is your wealth, I always say, and it's the highest priority. And once people get diagnosed with an illness, they will spend every penny they have to go get better, whether they go to Germany or Mexico or try this or try that. You know, it's better to invest a little bit on the front end than spend everything on the back end. Yes. and People uh, have car insurance. People pay for car insurance not because they're expecting to have an accident. So it's just a little insurance policy of your well-being. Yeah, I like that. But, you know, I just want to say the reason that I'm cautious about doing mammograms and, you know, why I, I, I like to have these conversations so women know there are options, is that, you know, it's exposure to radiation. As you were saying, it compresses the breast, so it can actually cause a, a rupture to occur. It could potentially, you Especially know, when uh, people have implants. Don't forget about a lot of people have breast implants. Well, that's another story. Let's talk about breast implants and breast screening. But I just, before we get to that, I just want to say that sometimes someone might come in, they want me to go back in six months and have another one, and I'm going to do it for two years, but I don't want to keep doing it forever. And I said, well, if it's just one area, maybe why don't you talk to your doctor and, you know, let's see what comes up on your thermography and maybe ask your doctor, could I have that less frequently, maybe do an ultrasound because we're looking at a particular area. And when they say it to their doctor, a lot of times the doctor is like, oh, okay. I think it's just, it's very routine for them to do that. But if you have a conversation and you have an open-minded partnership with your doctor, which is what you should have, um, a lot of times you can come to a better health strategy that works. And you don't want to just do nothing, which a lot of people do because they're afraid, because you're not getting information you need. But if you do too much, sometimes you get so afraid 
it's like you're looking for trouble, and that has a very toxic effect on your health. Right. So anyway, I'm done you know, with that. But what were you? Question. I just, not to belabor a point, but if young women are encouraged to get mammograms, their, you know, their de- their breasts are, have denser tissue. Um, more frequent mammograms means more frequent radiation, so you have a longer exposure to radiation, and all radiation right. is cumulative in the fact that it can right. harm you. And, uh, and, and radiation in, in, in itself can um, cause oxidative stress and can be um, harmful to the heart. Well, I mean, there are risks associated with, with it, which, of course, women are not given any of these risks. But I do want to say, just jump in here for something I've been learning recently, because I've been writing about the benefits of chlorella, this one-cell green algae. In fact, I recently did an interview all about chlorella because I was so impressed with it. And I've been writing a series of articles ever since. But one of the things I learned about chlorella that we can insert into this conversation, Hillary, is that... It is profound, not only in, in its nutrient profile, because you could just survive on chlorella alone. It's so complete. But it also detoxifies toxins, heavy metals, and radiation. So I would certainly encourage women, now that I know about it, Hillary, to be taking chlorella before they go get mammograms afterwards and basically include it in their diet on a daily basis anyway. And that's one way to be protective to the body after exposure to radiation. And also, don't use your over-the-counter junky deodorant because you've got those metal, the aluminum, the metals in there before people have a mammogram. This is something that's very cool about thermography that we've changed a lot of lives where we see this heat pattern in the underarms that's lymphatic congestion. And I can pretty much tell, listen, some people just don't sweat a lot, but we can usually tell who's using the crack, right? Like the secret, their husband's deodorant with all the junk in it. And when we get people off of um, these commercial antiperspirants and off of deodorants that have a lot of chemicals in them into a more natural deodorant and do some strategies to move their lymph and to detoxify that um, junk that they've been putting into their sensitive armpits, which they also shave, right? You shave, you open it all up, you put in some aluminum and some propylene glycol and some fragrance and whatever junk is in there. When they clean that up through maybe dry brushing, sauna, exercise, just sweating, and then switching to a clean deodorant, we actually see that change on thermography. And now yeah. you have a better functioning immune system because the lymph that drains your head and neck and your thyroid and your breast is now open. And that's such a good point. Can't, can't see that on a mammogram. Can't see that no, on a mammogram. I, I, I don't think that has been on the radar screen for most women anyway, the impact of these commercial antiperspirants and the toxicity and contributing to congested lymph, which, you know, that's a risk factor for progression of other issues, right, for healthy breast And when they see it, and that is red, that is 
this is where we're going to talk about the red, and that is red, they understand. And then they're so happy to see the next year when they've cleaned it up, the improvement. Um, okay, so let's go back to breast implants because we brought that subject up, and I definitely want you to talk about that at this point. Just make sure we cover it. We are seeing a lot of people getting explant surgery, which is very encouraging. Some of them, and you've probably done a show on the um, implant illness, do it mm -hmm. because of that. But other people, they may have, they just feel like, I don't even want this in my body. I don't know why I did it. And um, I have heard from some of the clients who have had the implants taken out in I don't want to say anything that I don't actually have, like, literature to show you, but from what I've been told, they have had mold in that implant when it was removed. I mean, how would you know that if you didn't take it out? This is I've seen what it. I've been told. I've You've seen, seen it. that? I've seen yeah. implants that were taken out that were totally black from mold. Yeah. And I also think that... Um, I'm finding, and I am in Los Angeles in the capital of show business, so, you know, people do feel obligated to look a certain way, that younger girls are not getting, it's not as fashionable anymore. So I think that this is good. I think we may be moving in the right direction on this. But what, what, what do women need to know who've had implants who do mammograms or... Uh... Oh, no, well, so they push it out of the way. They push it out of the way. And so for some women, they have had a rupture. So for the people that come to see us that are suspecting of having a rupture, I have them definitely talk to their doctor about having an MRI or an ultrasound. I think a lot of the um, breast surgeons probably do go to an MRI when they're looking to see. For in thermography, if someone has an implant, um, sometimes um, when the silicone leaks out, it will create some heat pattern. It's not that we're actually looking at the implant itself or the borders, but we can see some of the inflammation created from the um, silicone coming out. But the saline just gets reabsorbed into the body. So I think for people that are concerned about that, especially if they think they have a leak in their silicone, maybe talk to their doctor about referring them for an ultrasound or an MRI and not having the compression. I That's what I would do for myself. Yeah, well. It makes so sense. Let's, well, it makes sense to me, too, if you have silicone and yeah. you get compressed. I know. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the fact that through thermography for women who have had silicone or even saline, uh, because it's the covering, too, right, the covering of those implants uh, can also be toxic to the body. Uh, to, to have thermography, But in thermography, too, but it does not impact thermography. So it no, is no, no. safe. It is safe for no, women I, with implants. Yeah. No, I didn't mean because they ask us. Right. I mean, it actually through thermography you can see if there is an inflammatory response because something has leaked or the body is 
reacting or rejecting the either right the and people worry that we won't be able to see their breast tissue because they have an implant but it does not impact the ability of thermography to do what thermography does so we do have a lot of people with implants that come to see us what else can thermography help people with hillary well, we do region of interest. We do full body. Um, we People that have pain that they're not exactly sure where it's coming from, maybe they've had an MRI, they've had evaluations, their knee hurts, but there was nothing in their knee. So when we do a full body thermography, we can see if maybe there's um, some nerve impingement, um, look at the low back, see if there's some inflammation around the spine, and then where the nerve would normally travel maybe it's cold in that area it's not getting the proper nerve flow we see some um, venous activity the veins because as we talked about before the blood has heat um, just as a general screening to see if there's something that comes up in the abdomen that can be followed up on and what we're really doing a lot of now is head and neck because a lot of people are getting very aware of how dental issues impact their general health. You know, many women with breast cancer that are doing integrative work are going to make sure that the root canals that they've done are revised or are not infected or inflamed. And with thermography, we can see inflammation and infection, and we can see it even if there's a crown. So we're doing a lot of dental work now. Which is great. Well, yeah, yeah, because there's such a um, a connection between infection that's going on um, in the jaw and uh, infection that can travel or weaken the immune system or depending what toothy um, the infection is um, affecting, it also is associated with the meridian, so it can right. cause specific problems to organs, which is a useful tool. I mean, people really might have... If people have headaches and they can't determine where it's coming from, maybe we'll see that there's um, something going on with the sinuses that they didn't think about or that it's the muscle spasm in their neck or on their forehead. Help them to see, do I need to look into muscle work or do I need to figure out what's going on with my sinuses? We see a lot of perioral inflammation and then we see people doing oil pulling and we're able to monitor that's the other thing see we're monitoring these lifestyle changes and their health they're doing this they look better they switch their deodorant the lymphatic congestion gets better uh, some people that are doing natural treatments for breast cancer and then they're coming in a little more regularly than they would just for a screening to see if there's a progression to see if what they're doing is helping and if it's not, if it seems like it's more extensive, then we can give the person that information. Now you can make another choice. Up your game with what you're doing. Change what you're doing. Think about doing something different, but just don't keep on this same path because it's not working at this time. You know, as you were talking, I, re I remember of a woman who called me who had uh, a diagnosis of breast cancer. So. Um, she was asking for some assistance, and she was telling me that uh, five years ago, five years before, 
her that she had a mammogram, and the doctor said, well, there's something that's a little suspicious, but we'll just keep an eye on it. She went back the next year. He goes, yeah, so we'll keep an eye on it. And for every year, those previous five years, the doctor said, yeah, well, we'll just keep an eye on it, offering no suggestions of what she could do to change her health, her lifestyle, her stress levels, whatever was going on. And then eventually, five years down the track, yeah, you know, it finally became a breast tumor, right? Cancer actually was there. But it was always such a shock to me to realize that something was suspicious five years previously and no recommendations were made to reverse that potential, to reverse it until it just kept, they just kept watching it and watching it and watching it until, yep, there it was. So having said that and remembering that conversation, in the couple of minutes we have left, uh, what are some of your I think that's why thermography Another reason that it's not embraced maybe more mainstream because if you don't have the strategies to help somebody that's developing something, what are you going to do? It's not, you know, it's just going to scare somebody. But we we do have strategies. We do have things in natural health. We do have things with hormone balancing. So... Um, it's it's a it's a more useful tool for us because we use that information then to make changes. So you know it's a combination of having a um, a, a tool that is um, able to really give an idea of a picture of what's happening in a, in a non-invasive way in a safe way and uh, be able to follow a pattern while implementing strategies that can support our health, making dietary changes, adding nutritional support, which I know you offer. And uh, I, you know, I, I just really appreciate your dedication to thermography because you've been one of the leaders in the field, Hillary, wanting to create a, a, an offering of this technology with the highest integrity, the, the best the best technology, the best camera, the best follow-up, the best guidance. I know you've been trained to the highest level in doing this work. So I'm going to um, give people your website, which is pictureinside.com, which is an easy one to remember, pictureinside.com. And I know you've got a blog, you've got information. You're in L.A. So if people want to know who might be in an area near them, can they contact you? What would you recommend? Yeah, just email email us, and we'll try to find you somebody that's qualified in your area. Good, because that's the thing we want to emphasize. If you uh, work, if you contact Hillary, she will refer you to someone who is qualified, qualified, because the people are... And who are, works with medical doctors who do the interpretations. Right. You want the best. You want the best. I'm not so, saying that there aren't some lone wolves that don't do excellent work, but I always like to know that there's more than one pair of eyes on something. Yeah. And, you know, you're very generous and gracious in that way, helping people. So if people want to learn more about thermography, get some more strategies for breast health, to find out who might be in your local area, or just to take advantage of the wonderful resources that Hillary offers in L.A. area, there you go, pictureinside.com. 
Um, Dr. Hillary Smith, thank you for being on the show today. You're always such a wealth of information and certainly one of my go-to people when I need to learn more or have questions that uh, I need an expert to assist me with. So thank you so much. And I would say right back at you, Dr. Cheryl (laughs) Selman. Yeah, yeah, good tag team, eh? Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah, so thanks, Hillary. It's great having you. Okay, on the show. and ladies, and and to people that are listening to this, just take your power. Don't get hung up on the pink ribbon. Don't buy those toxic products, and be proactive with your health. Amen, sister. <laughs> Amen. Okay. Thank you, Cheryl. Thank you. Okay. Thanks, Hillary. So uh, okay. we've been listening to Dr. Hillary Smith. Check her out at pictureinside.com. Learn more. Take advantage of her resources. And uh, until next week, please always honor the wisdom of your feminine self. Bye for now.